You're listening to Brandon Butter, a straight talking, occasionally in your face, no BS, branding podcast for modern marketers and business owners. Here for those who want to understand the influence and power of branding and how pairing association, consumer behavior, and design thinking can impact what people see, think, and feel. I'm your host, Tara Ladd, the sometimes funny, sometimes vulnerable, and often unapologetically blunt founder and creative director of brand and design agency, your one and only. Hello, I am here today to start part two of building a solid brand strategy or steps to building one anyway. And last week we finished off on the USP. So if you're here for round two, go back and listen to part one so that you can understand what I'm about to talk about. But yeah, so we finished off on the USP and now we're going to dive into the second part. And then we look into positioning, placement, and personality. And I think when you look at things like this, this is when you start to develop the crux of a brand identity. So you've figured out the reason why you exist. You've kind of worked into your differentiation, your understanding where you're at, what your competitors are doing that you're not doing or vice versa, what you stand out for in what you do versus what they do, and then you start to work that. So your positioning is basically how you would place yourself in the market based on your audience and based on your competitive analysis. So you figure out where your brand fits and you focus on you know becoming that specific need and solving it, that certain problem for your customers. So if you, for us, we are, we are designers, right? So we could literally do any space of graphic design. But for me and from a, well, from when I was in my early-ish 20s, I knew that I wanted to do brand. And so I didn't just one day leave work and go, I'm going to do branding. I extensively studied brand. (laughs) So I went and did brand strategy and development by, um, you know, accredited agency, um, courses that are run by ad agencies. I did brand strategy and development. I did copywriting. I did um, art direction. And then I, cause I did at that stage, I didn't know if I wanted to be a designer, if I wanted to be a copywriter, I was kind of bouncing. Cause I really like both, which is why you probably may like some of the words that go out is because um, yeah, I really love storytelling. So yeah, the, there was an element of that that's come right back into what we do, but Yeah. So I went and extensively studied brand strategy and then I did communications at uni. So I learned all about how to communicate, learned all about narrative, learned all about genre, um, screenwriting and storytelling, like all of that stuff. I mean, I said storytelling twice, but all about, you know, what I found really important during that was like semiotics and symbolism and culture and how we kind of align messages through visuals. Amazing semiotics is just like it's basically the universal symbol symbols of language where you know for instance and I always use this as an example is the walking man on the road you're like you could be anywhere in the world but the moment that you see that walking man and the not walking man you know that red means stop and green means go and even if you're in a country where they don't have the red and green they just have the white some do you know based off the symbol that that means to walk or to stop and then obviously there's sound but from a visual perspective that's why that was really important And then obviously uh, later on, I started to dive right into people behavior. 
So the reasoning we buy, behavioral science, uh, especially right up to now is doing behavioral neuroscience, consumer behavior, why we buy, why we don't buy, motivations, social structures, all of that importance, so all of that, all of that information from I'm talking now, <laughs> whoa, 10, 15 years to, yeah, about, about 12 years of com- on- ongoing study um, to build me into a space where I know that I have so much information to give about not only developing a brand, but understanding that design thinking about how you can position and strategize so that you can be unique in what you do based on understanding an audience, figuring out how to communicate to that audience, and then really understanding design. So there is so much more to design, and I know that. So a lot of my design execution comes from that knowing, all of that big picture thinking, and then the execution is just that, the execution. If you've got that big picture thinking at the start, which is something that I've always been really good at naturally, um, I can actually get whoever I want. So say I can't execute the design that I want to execute. There might be a specific style that I want. Then I basically get a contractor or I can get one of the girls to kind of design something that I think aligns with what I want based on my art direction. So I will provide them with the direction that I want that to go in or the personality or the vibe, and then they take that. So a lot of people think that the design is just the execution. It's not. The design is actually the thinking behind the approach. And then obviously the physical design matters. But yeah, design thinking is so important in how you roll things out. So knowing all of that stuff, I've positioned ourselves as a strategic design studio because that's important. Um, You know, we're not doing social I mean obviously if you're getting a brand identity you get everything from start to finish but like we don't want to focus in just like all of the areas so we're going out with we do brand identity and brand identity extension so brand identity extension basically start to finish of how your brand looks from an identity point of view but also how it looks from an extension point of view which is like packaging and brand collateral Um, and then anything like ongoing stuff unless we've been working with someone Uh, who have helped to develop the brand from the beginning and we've had a really good working relationship with, then we'll continue to do the execution and the big picture strategic thinking moving forward. Otherwise, we're just kind of like that uh, initial stage where we create that development process um, and then roll that out for them to kind of then take and build into their own um, strategy. So for them, obviously what we do is, is, we position ourselves like that. So we know how to position ourselves in the market. And then we talk about brand placement. So, you know, what channels are you on and what platforms are you on? And they're not all going to serve you. Um, you know, if you're a high-end bank, do you need to be on TikTok? Probably not. Maybe because you're trying to t- attract a Gen Y market, a Gen Z market. Gen Y, God, took my age here. But it's important to know where your brand needs to be in order to get the most bang for its buck. And it's not about spanning what you do. I mean, we're talking omni-channel approach now, which basically means to be in different places, but that doesn't necessarily mean to be on every single digital channel. It just might mean that you need to look at print media or, you know, traditional media and then other things like that, as well as social media and emails and all those things. It's just finding the platforms that you know are going to bring you an ROI, return of investment, so that you can channel the energy into the things that are going to bring you more bang for your buck. And then placements are also aligned to, you know, 
um, things that will effectively reach your target audience. That's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. And then we move into brand personality, right? Like in a brand personality is so, so important um, because it essentially dictates how you're going to communicate to your people. If you're a serious brand, you're going to choose graphics and visuals and words that align to that specific personality. I always use it like, and I've, you would have heard it before, but I would say like Robert De Niro and Ryan Reynolds, like they're so different to each other. Um, and how you would execute that visually would be very, like you could easily figure out um, what what you could use to communicate Ryan Reynolds graphics. And well, I could, I don't know if you could, but I'm, I'm sure you've got a bunch of things that are coming, a bunch of associations that are popping up in your head right now. And that's pretty much it. So it's finding fonts that align, you know, is it, is it funny and, and comical and humorous brand? You would find things that align like words that and shapes and graphics and colors that align to that personality. And if you're a serious brand, you stuff that looking, look a little bit more serious. You're not going to have like hot pink and, you know, big, bright, bold colors that if you're a really conservative brand, you need things that are conserved, like conservative colors. You think navies and black and, you know, things that are, are representative of that space and you can tell you go look at any big corporate and they've got those those brand colors because it it, it is a subconscious decision and judgment of how we perceive things so these are so important in the next stage of understanding where your brand is to I guess brand them so that, that that the visuals and the wording articulate what goes on on the inside. And there is a whole element of that, right? That's a whole, that's what we call external branding. It's you're basically creating the, the external to communicate what goes on in the external, right? So kind of like doing your garden on the outside of your house and having the, and the house all manicured on the outside to represent you know, what goes on on the inside or you put on a fake facade on the outside because the house is trashed on the inside. But basically it, it, and no one needs to know that, right? No one needs to know what goes on on the inside. It could be a, you know, sh- a dumpster fire going on behind the scenes, but so long as you, you're still getting people in because the perception's right and you can still manage them effectively, you know, so long as you can get house back in order, that's what the identity does. It attracts people. So you need to look at them um, as a way to bring people in but also to communicate the external of, of what it is that you're about. And then obviously we talk about tone of voice and, and that's important to brand personality too. And, and that's bringing in that, you know, are you quirky? Are you funny? Are you serious? Like all of that type of stuff. And then we look at visual branding, right? So it, when we look at things like a logo, um, you hear about all these people creating all these outlandish logos and like you need to understand the method of, of a design. And people will whinge about, oh, the design, the logo isn't even, it's just words. But let me tell you right now, a wordmark logo can be so highly efficient and so, so good. And it really depends on what your in- intention is for the rest of the brand identity. And if you want to be a, have a really big and bold brand, sometimes a really simplistic logo helps because it allows you to get more creative with the branded assets. Now you'll hear people that actually don't know too much about brand or harp on that they do know about brand when they don't. And they'll talk about all these things that they actually just, it's just wrong. There's no rules to branding. 
I'll tell you that right now. There are no rules to branding and everyone's just winging it. No one has the answers. There'll be people that have done it well more so than others, but that's just their process. At the end of the day, what we need to consider when we're looking at brand is how we want to communicate a visual message that is going to be executed in a way that communicates that message from the external point of view. So if you've got... um, you know, a word mark logo, maybe it's that you're going to use a whole bunch of different graphics that are really creative and out there, which I might add are also part of the identity. Your identity set doesn't just mean your logo, your colors, and your fonts. There are images and there's layout and there's um, graphics and illustration and there's iconography and there's like, there's so many different elements, tone of voice that represent like go to skincare, anyone? Tone of voice is such a huge element of that brand. So it's understanding these key triggers that actually bring people in. It is so many different puzzle pieces together. Now you hear people say, oh, you should only have two colors or, you know, um, you should only have three values. Bullshit. You can do what you want. So long as you're consistent in the way that you communicate it and there's a system and a structure, that's what matters. And then we look at Like I just said, consistency and making sure that you say the same thing and you do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, because that helps with recognition. And our brains are channeling things things in on the daily, just churning and churning and churning information in and out. And if you don't have things going out, you know, often, and I'm not talking about like slamming your brand out everywhere, but it has to be consistent where you, across all of your channels, you know, uh, everything should look the same. It should be sound the same in emails. It should, everything, it is essentially like a person. You don't rock up and, I mean, unless you want to work, sometimes you do become a different person. Um, but basically, you know, you don't go and see the same people over and over and over again, like your friends and become a completely different people, person every time you see them. You build deeper friendships when people get to know you more because they're starting to understand who you are. The same thing applies with a brand. Think of a brand like a person. That's the way I always say it. And so then we start looking at different things like communication channels and tactics. So then once you're on the channel, so say you are on the social media channel like Instagram or LinkedIn or whatever, TikTok, whatever platform, that's a social channel, by the way, there's plenty of other channels to be on. Um, Then you start to figure out a plan for that channel what audiences are on that channel and what are they taking in and what do they want to know? And these are where your personas come in. You might have three different personas and each persona, you might have a persona that hangs out on LinkedIn versus a persona that's an email versus a persona that's on Instagram. And you need to target messages that are specifically for them. Specifically for them. And that's called market segmentation. And when you start to cater really unique messages for those people, then you'll start to see the difference. We did a messaging tweak earlier this year. um, And by earlier this year, I'm talking like April, May, massive difference in engagement and and website views. We had a 350% increase to our website in May. And that was purely off the back of a social strategy messaging change. So when you figure out and everyone goes, oh, how did you do it? Well, I, I did my research on our audience. I knew who they were. Um, I knew how old they were. I knew what they needed. I knew what they were looking for. I knew that they were scaling their brands. I knew what they wanted to know when they were scaling their brands based off questions asked and um, conversations had. And, you know, whenever someone's asking a question often, not necessarily someone, but people are asking the same questions over and over and over again, chances are that's something that you need to be answering more often than not through your social media, if you do have one and your content strategy. 
So write down the questions people ask you a lot of and use those as um, messaging structures. And then obviously that's your communication plan, right? So you figure out what to say, how to say it and when to say it. And you basically do that across the board. And then we look at things like a brand experience and a touch point. So how do people interact with your brand? What is it? What is the first impression that they get from when they see it to when they engage to when you communicate? How is that experience and that customer journey? You know, think I like to look at it like, you know, think about it when you're going to you want to go to a cafe and then, you know, there's a cafe in a shopping center, for instance, versus a cafe on the side of a road in a really cool alleyway. Like both of them have very different experiences and that's depending on placement and, you know, uh, ambience and people, like all of that comes into the equation. It isn't just about your logo and now you execute on social media. It's about how people truly experience. And the one thing that people don't forget is how you made them feel. Let that sink in. If you take ages to reply to someone's email, what that says to them is that you were not important enough for them to reply, for you to reply to them. Auto replies are great. It sets the expectation that it's not that you're ignoring them. It's that you have, you know, 24 to 48 hours to reply. And if you haven't in that time frame, you suck. Um, Responsiveness is 101 on our list. Um, And I know people will be like, oh, you can't do everything for everyone. No, you can't. But if customer service isn't your number one on your list, then I would seriously reconsider how you look at the business because it's so important to nurture those relationships because that's what people's first impressions will be of your brand and not even first impressions, ongoing impressions. Communication, over-communicate and make sure that someone is having every opportunity to express their unhappiness, I guess you could say, or or things that aren't working before they get to a level where they don't want to say it and then they just never use you again. So feedback's really important. Consistency in the experience is important. And then understanding how to communicate so that people feel valued. And then obviously at the back end, we're looking at monitoring and valuation. So you need to track your performance, look at analytics, um, figure out what's what's going well and what's not going well and continue to promote the same things that are doing well in different ways. You'll start to figure out that there are things that people just want to know and you just consistently talk about those things so that they know that's what you specialize in, that's what you're good at, that's why you're here. And again, feedback and insights, so important testimonials and reviews show social proof. Uh, If people aren't willing to buy, they just want to see someone that's already spent their money with you and what they've thought about it. So make decisions based off data and find out what's worked and what hasn't worked. And then you can look at, you know, basically proof is in the pudding. So if it's worked before, it probably will work again. And so that's a general outline, right? There are so many things to consider. Like we're even talking about legal considerations. So, you know, before you do a, um, before you go and create a business name and start pimping out all the handles, be sure to go see um, or speak to an IP lawyer or do a copyright search on the name to make sure that no one owns that name in your space or your class. Because there's nothing like going and spending, and we'll always call this out at the beginning, there's nothing like spending big bucks on a logo um, or a brand when the name's been taken and you actually can't use it. So 
there's things like that, uh, T's and C's and obviously expectations to set in place because, um, you know, so, so important and finance, you know, these are the things that people don't think about, but finance and legal sound like boring things to look at, but they are so crucial in the way that you roll things out and where you can allocate spend and how you can make money, how you price yourself is obviously part of positioning and placement. So figuring out how to make sure that you're you're positioning yourself in a profitable way so that you can actually make money from your business. But at the same time, you know, still stay within the space that you want to be in. So if you've priced yourself really high, but the quality of what you deliver is shit, um, which is not, not saying that it is, but if it is, people are not going, going to use you because you cannot showcase that value. However, flip side is if you start to do really great work for really cheap, one, you attract the wrong audience. Um, and two, people start to think that there's something wrong with you. Um, because for a service that they would otherwise expect, you know, especially people that know the value of things, they have a specific set number in their mind of what they would spend. And if you come really far below that number, then they're going to be like, "Mm, what's wrong with them? So you need, that's why it's important to understand a competitive analysis where you sit and how you can kind of price yourself so that you can align with that as well. But that's essentially in a nutshell, right? So if you're interested in understanding more about this, and you found this really helpful, go to our website. We have a brand action plan on, I think it's the about page, a little pop-up will come in, or you can go to our Instagram and hit the link in our bio. Another option for you is to go to your one and only forward slash more. And that is the link to our Instagram bio link, but that will give you the, the link to our brand action plan, which is a free download that you can access, which outlines everything that I've just said in a more detailed response. And it gives you something that's tangible. So you can see it and basically tick it off the list. It's a really good way to begin looking at a brand strategy. And it's a really good idea to figure out how you can approach scaling a brand. Um, for, or even if you're starting a brand with intention, um, because obviously when you do these things, there is a cost outlay but a cost outlay that will essentially move the needle for you. We're not talking about spending money and not making money. That's not how this works. A brand strategy is so that you can allocate spend into places that will grow, help you grow strategically. And that's how it works, right? If you can't invest in the things that are going to help you grow and move and change, then how do you expect to change? Nothing's going to change unless you, you make those moves. So if you want something that's going to help you move closer to that direction, absolutely download this. It's blood, sweat and tears. Um, I find it really great and we've had some great, great, great feedback on it so far. So I would love to know what you think. But for now, that's it for this week. If you enjoyed this, please share it with a friend if you think that they will like it. And by all means, jump over on Instagram and slip into our DMs from you one and only underscore au and you can start to follow my personal page which is at i am tara lad l a double d but for now i hope you have a good week and i will talk to you next week did you like that episode i hope so because if you did why don't you head over to whatever platform you listen on and rate and review It's much appreciated and helps others know what we're about. If you want to follow us, you can find us at 
your one and only underscore au on Instagram or head to www.youwanandonly.com.au.